Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to Stay of Homekins. <laughs> Welcome to Stay of Homekins. My name is Paul F. Tompkins. My name is Janie Haddad Tompkins. She's an actress. He is a comedian. We are a married couple living in Los Angeles. With our windows open, so sorry for the extra noise. <laughs> but you hear the sounds of the neighborhood. The neighborhood. It's like a Clifford Odette's play. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a kitchen sink drama. I'm having some municipal champagne. <laughs> That's tap water, y'all. Um, we started this podcast from <laughs> lockdown <laughs> time. <laughs> we did it in lockdown. We're doing it now. We're still, I don't know what the world is. We're still in this weird limbo. Yeah, it's true. We're in pandemic. Gimbo. Okay. Pandemicurgatory. Pandurgatory. Pandurgatory. We're in Pandurgatory right now. This guys. is your Pandurgatory podcast. Quarantimbo. Quarantimbo. Pandurgatory. <laughs> We're just, you know, I don't know, waiting for this goddamn virus to go away. Right? I guess it doesn't do that. We still have viruses. We still have viruses, yeah. Yeah. But look, we got our vaccines. We are we're fortunate. We're very fortunate. We got to go to dinner at a restaurant with friends on Monday. For the first time in 14 months or yeah. 15, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have not been Ugh, boy, we I've are. not eaten at a restaurant since the quarantine. Yeah, you haven't. Now, I have done the parking lot thing mm-hmm. with our bubble. Like our neighborhood, our neighbor bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pod. Outside, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was just for like breakfast. Yeah. The and least, that was only like a couple. COVID time of day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, it's definitely less crowded and people aren't drunk yes. and cu- getting in your face yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was only a handful of times. Mm-hmm. I don't really count it. No, and it was like reasonably safe, you mm-hmm. know. Um but it was really forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm tired. I did not sleep well last night. Paul's been suffering two weeks in a row from some sleep disruptions. That I, we're going to get checked out by the doctor next week. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go don't be alarmed, it. guys. It's a it's it's a normal thing to do. Yeah. If stop, you have access. <laughs> How dare you? We're fortunate. Oh, our neighbors are talking in they our window. What if we overhear a murder? <laughs> that would, maybe we would get more listeners. Rear window, but a podcast. <laughs> Rear podcast. <laughs> Rear podcast. <laughs> Not pod window. Good point. <laughs> I don't know. I like wordplay, guys. It's, it's a thing. Fun. I do like wordplay. We've done two wordplays already since we've been here. I know. That's the problem. Anyway, Paul's dragging ass. <laughs> I'm, you know what? There's no better way to put it. I am dragging ass. I okay. So a couple nights ago, I had the worst sleep of my life since I've been a baby. <laughs> well, wait, was, we should mention it was the night after we went out to dinner. Yeah, it was. So we were like, "Did you get?" Yes, sick? not the night, not when we got. It was the next not, night. Yeah, the next night. But you were still feeling a little weird after dinner, and we overindulged. That was the problem. Yeah. And then I was like, did you get a food poisoning? Did you get a food poisoning? (laughs) (laughs) 
and I responded, no, I did not. <laughs> so he was feeling weird, and there, but allergies are also a situation going on. I wondered if it was allergies. So then, uh, so the night after you, so the, tell tell us about the worst night since the Ma'am, baby. I, ooh, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh! Ooh, I wish we is. could fix it in post. I, <laughs> if only there. <laughs> this was such is some a thing. bullshit. <laughs> I was. Toss, li- tossing and turning mm-hmm. constantly. I feel like I would fall asleep for. Yeah, it I feel was like a I nightmare. was waking up every half hour. It was. That's what it felt like. I, not that it was my problem, but let's just say it was also my problem. It became your problem <laughs> because sure. we share. Oh, we we're married. We're married yeah. couple. Did yeah, we yeah, mention yeah. that? We did. We did mention that. We share but a bed. We didn't mention that we share a bed. We do. We're not in black and white. <laughs> Paul was thrashing. Yeah. He was thrashing around. Oh, it was a fucking nightmare. It was so bad. And literally, I was like, okay, he would thrash around and then be still for like a second. But you were also like whimpering and making noises. I was miserable. But Every I was time like, I woke up, I was like, so, Ugh. so then I became like frozen because I was like, if I... She thought I was turning into a werewolf. If I, <laughs> If I move, like maybe he's falling asleep now. And if I move now, if I move around now, this is going to, we don't have like, what is the thing, the sleep number where you don't. You can put a glass of wine on the bed (laughs) and jump up and down, weirdos. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I like my wine on a table. Thank you very much. I like to put my wine on the the bare bed. And jump like a fucking, <laughs> I'm drinking my weekend water um, uh, right so now. Anyway, I was, so I was, was hot. A, I was like sweating. Oh, by like, the way, I took his time. I was like, oh my God, did you get a breakthrough COVID the next pay? Day. Yeah. No, the night before I did take it. I took your oh, the night before. Oxo- but not, I'm, I, just so it's not the night that this was happening. The evening before his worst night of sleep since he was a baby <laughs> was, um, I was like, you seem strange, and <laughs> I hope you don't have a breakthrough COVID. It was the next morning. It I was swear after to I God, it was e- I thought it was the evening before. No, no, because no, I no. brought I brought the temperature and the and the oximeter. No, because I didn't. There was no need to test those things until that horrible night of sleep. All I know is you did not have a fever and you did not have low blood oxygen. You also did not, you still had your taste and smell. You still didn't, yes. you know, like there was no, like, cause I was like. I could smell sleep. <laughs> I could taste it, but I just couldn't have it. Because you had gone to the grocery store the week before. Yes. And so we were like, oh my God. But everyone's masked there and you everyone's were masked. Everyone's masked. I was vaccinated. It's like. the But the people chan- get the breakthrough. I know, but the odds of it happening in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not have any prolonged contact with anyone, Mm-mm. you know. Mm-mm. Um, so I was, I was tossing and turning and I kept waking up. And what was really weird was I was like half in and out of a sleep state where I had this idea for a movie. Okay. And every time I woke up, I would come back and add more to it. Did you write it all down? No, but I remember it. Well, it's not very good. Oh, it's not? (laughs) Shit. Are you sure? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I detailed it on an episode of Stop Podcasting Yourself, which is coming out, oh. I think, maybe next week or the oh week my after. God. Hi, Cuckoo. Cuckoo, welcome to the fucking party. QQ. Is that, did you call her QQ? No, but I will. Okay. QQ, welcome to the fucking party. But I was so mad because I didn't want to be <laughs> thinking about that. It wasn't fun. You know what I mean? I wasn't like enjoying it like, oh, I'm having fun thinking of this weird idea. It was like, I don't want to... <laughs> It was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> to my brain. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't stop. And I would, I would try to think of other things and I couldn't do it. You know what they say? Um, like, if you have insomnia like that, they, ba- they basically say, just get, get up. Right. Like, get up and, like, go do something to, like, disrupt and then reset. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. I wonder if that would have helped. I don't know because I was wondering if it was insomnia or something else was going something was going on with you. But I you. was also I wasn't necessarily wide awake. You know what I mean? Yes. I kept falling yes. in and out of sleep. Yes. If I were wide awake, I could see you getting, could getting up. getting up. Yeah. Which is I've what done I should have done before. last night. I've had like that middle of the night insomnia where I feel wide awake in the middle yeah. after like a partial sleep. Which is, I have like a two sleep. This is this is boring for the podcast. I'm just saying like <laughs> there was a thing that came out kind of in recent years where they discovered that people normally have a two segment sleep. Like that's a normal, Hmm. like evolutionary something that's baked in. David Bowie taught me it was okay to have a two segment sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And I am very much like, I do have like a two segment. There's uh, two phases to mine. But like if Let's I go through those phases, honey. if I go up, if I get up and I wake up wide awake, I will take a little stroll around the house. Is that true? Oh yeah, I'll have some water in the kitchen. I'll look out in the window. I like to look out the window while I'm sleeping yeah. in the bed. Yeah, I had no idea yes. you were doing this. Yeah, you're some nambulistic adventures. <laughs> anyway, guys, welcome to the party. <laughs> this is us. We have Welcome to the party, all kinds of problems, and, <laughs> and we talk about the problems. <laughs> and so, what a pitch for a podcast. You know, we have all kinds of problems, and we talk about them. It's just like, this is what it is. Oh, and this just is so what you know, it is. Before, before you listen any further, in case you're wondering, no, none of the problems ever get solved. Mm. But speaking of resolutions, we, we do have, have resolutions to, wrap up. to a couple stories. A couple? Well, they're related to each other, but they I, turned out to be separate stories. I want to ask you a question about are what, what all are we allowed to share about the resolution? Like, are you going to share the every detail? Not names. We don't need to the names share are names. changed to protect the innocent. That's right. That's don't don't clonk clonk. Previously, Steve Wilkins. Don't don't don't. Are you doing the Law and Order? Yeah. Clonk clonk. Oh. Gong, gong. I think I have it on my phone. Gong, gong. Gong, gong. Let me see if I have it on my phone. Gong, gong. I can't even. <sighs> he looked at his phone. Look, y'all. I do have it on my phone. I'm not going to look. Y'all know what it is. My eyes glazed over as soon as I looked at the screen. Oh, my God, y'all. Okay. Oh, my God, y'all. So right, last so, so, week. So we told the story We told last the story week. of Jerry, the prank Fucking caller. Jerry. Okay. Was he a prank caller? Was he an angry neighbor? Was he a stalker? Because we saw someone... Here's what happened. Look at the sequence of events. Cliff notes. Earlier in the day, we saw someone walk past our house aiming their camera phone at our house. They were in the middle of the street. Some tall, lanky, white guy 
boring old white guy with a baseball hat and some shorts. And man, I mean, he did look like a paparazzo. Mm, I honestly think I think paparazzos look paparazzi look cooler than that. All I know is I ran to put some lipstick on because I was like, if I'm going to be on, on on the internet, I may as well look a little bit more presentable. If this is going to be plastered all over Getty images. <laughs> so, just um, kidding. I was just like, who's that guy? We see that guy and we think, that's weird. weird. Then about a half hour later, I get a phone call on my cell phone from some guy claiming to be a neighbor Said his name was Jerry and was accusing <laughs> Janie and I of having let our dog uh, shit in front of his property. Guess now, what, guys? We don't have a dog. We don't have and this we is what famously I, don't. We famously don't we have it. famously It's the one don't. thing people... Boo, boo. If, you were, if you were to ask people, do you know Paul and Janie? They would probably say... They don't have they a don't dog. They don't have a dog? The ones without a dog. They, they like famously don't have a dog. They famously don't. So I am saying to Jerry, we don't have a dog. And he's saying condescendingly, just pick up after your dog. And so I'm getting increasingly upset. This is going back and forth. <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> I hang up. Uh, okay. I, I want to give you this detail. The end of the first call was, uh, right. I'm outside now because Jerry had proposed going outside. I went outside. <laughs> then Jerry didn't want to go outside. And, uh, the neighbor's dog started barking. And then Jerry said, oh, you don't have a dog? Then what's that I hear in the background? And I said, that's the neighbor's dogs. And he said, oh, maybe it was them. And I said, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, don't call her again. And I hung up. Yeah, yeah. So then 10 minutes later, he calls back. He fucking called back. And I'm like, what do you want? And now he's being very provocative with me. And I'm like, okay, this is... This, this, this is, is even, fishy. Fish, even fishier and fishier. Yeah. And then he kind of, he goes too far and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. This is a prank. And he sort of, he sort of lets the mask drop a little bit. I said, did you get what you wanted? And he said, yeah. Um, and so I hung up and blocked the number. So then Janie and I were trying to figure out, was, was this a prank call? Yeah. Or was it the guy that we saw videoing the house? And Janie was throwing all kinds of stuff at me. And I was saying, no, I don't think so. And here's why. I think it was just a prank call. Yeah. It was a real, there was a lot of mystery surrounding it. Oh, so mysterious. And there were a lot of. The chills. There were a lot of like factors that confused the narrative. Yeah, but not for me. Well, no. Also, <laughs> you were on the receiving. And one yeah. one of our listeners, I think on Twitter or Instagram, I can't remember, did point out, or maybe it was even email did point out that you had the, he didn't use these words, but that you had the privilege of hearing the yes. person. Yes. Which so, I also tried to tell you. No, I knew that you had the privilege of hearing the person, right. but I didn't know if we, like to me, it was plausible. There was a neighbor that could be just as nuts. Absolutely. That we didn't know about. Absolutely. But yeah. this did not, this did not sound like a nuts neighbor. This sounded like an annoying person. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It didn't sound like, oh, this guy's out of his mind. Yeah. That's, that can be entertaining. Right. You know? Can it? <laughs> Sometimes. It depends how the distance. So then I get a call a few days. So I post about it on Twitter. So we talk about it on the podcast. I post about it on Twitter. Yeah, we talk about it online. A couple days later, I get a call from a comedian friend of mine. This is not somebody we talk on the phone. You know? This is someone we've known someone for a long known, time. I haven't seen him in a long time, actually. And 
he said, hey, did you get a prank call from somebody recently? And I said, yes. And he said, that guy called me too. <laughs> um, and I have been calling him back and talking with him. That's probably going to out who the comedian is in a weird way. But it's okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Also, he might not care. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he won't. I, I just don't. It's, it's, it's just not, not even important to the story. To the story. So he's telling me, yeah, this guy, he has some sort of internet show where he throws these calls up and then he takes him down when he's threatened with legal action. Right, because, because it's, it's Ill- not legal. Did you hear that? Was it like a siren or like a car skidding? It was, a, it was I think it was a crazy animal noise. Was it? Yeah. Guys, we have the windows open, y'all. This is unprecedented. Y'all, we got the windows open. It's just a very brisk little evening. And so we needed to let it let it We're drinking brisk iced tea. <laughs> Anyway, so it, we got confirmation that it was some rando. Yes, that it was, it was not call, a which, neighbor, but it yes. coincidentally coincided with a couple of details. One of which I was talking on the patio on the front porch to my neighbor, or like right before, the, like an hour before this happened, who happened to have the kind of dogs he referenced, right. and I was petting them. Right. And then we saw the guy videoing our house, and then it, it, I don't know, like it just like. It was easy to put, like kind of link together, but it didn't make any sense. None of it made sense <laughs> at all. None of it made sense at all. And Chihuahua is a very common it's a, dog, it's a especially in Los, in, in Los Angeles, because we live in a very dense urban place, and people like the smaller dogs. They like the smaller dogs because it's just like apartment living. And or Chihuahuas, whatever. frankly, they're all over the place. <laughs> so um, then, just today. Because we, oh. we were still trying to figure out, well, what about that guy with the who was taking pictures of our house? Oh, yeah. Well, it actually happened yesterday. I think I just told you today. Oh, great. Well, maybe, you, maybe you whispered in my ear while you were walking around the house. <laughs> I, so I get a text message on my phone mm-hmm. from a real estate agent asking me to name my price. <laughs> Guys, my price is millions of dollars in cash. (laughs) Yes, millions. But really, my price was I just blocked that number. But like, (laughs) obviously, there's like zero inventory in our zip code. Yeah. And it's a little neighborhood and it's all full. It's full. It's well, there's also like a housing shortage. And there's also that. Anyway, but obviously that guy was just like. Gathering information for yeah. like trying to get people to move. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we think that's what this was. It was um, a series of coincidences that yes. got exacerbated. Right. By so the guy. Now we have. Now we have such. People really such enjoyed closure. this story. And that was the closure. And guess what? It's super like boring. <laughs> It was a real Occam's Razor story. Oh, and also, didn't um, your comedian friend tell you, like, he's a fan? Yeah, the guy was, he said that the guy was a fan of mine. Um, <laughs> and I guess he thinks this is how he does comedy. Oh, so here's why. So he why, got to do a bit with his favorite comedian. Here's why he I mentioned the end of the first call. Oh, the phone end of the call. first call. Is the thing that's most. 
upsetting to me is that this guy doesn't have any sense of timing. Comedy, yeah. Because absolutely, the end of the bit is him saying, oh, maybe it was the neighbor's dog. <laughs> yes. That's your that's your out. That's, that's perfect. That's like the, 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 but he, the guy, he's... It's a perfect button. But this guy, he was so like, he, that's why I feel like your comedian friend should not be calling him back to reverse harass him the way he's doing. Right, right, right. Because didn't you say that he was like, I'm going to call you at 3 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I'm going to make your life like a living hell. He he never said, I'm going to make your life a living hell. Well, but that's like his, like he (laughs) wants to wear him down. Right. But obviously the guy loves it. That's my point is that this, all this guy wants to do is engage with his favorite comedian. In the worst ways possible. Yeah. And like fancies himself as like a Borat or something. (laughs) He thought he pulled like a real Rudy Giuliani over on you. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. he like a real gotcha. He's going to get me canceled. I don't <laughs> like when people say I have a dog when I don't have a dog. <laughs> well, anyway, that is what it was just um, really annoying. And like, okay, like he's a fan. Fine. Like I saw the movie Misery. We're supposed to be cautious <laughs> about people. But like, I feel like the modern misery is... Just annoyance. Mm. Like his whole misery is he's going to. Well, I disagree. Like pound you down that you have a dog. I disagree. I think they're two separate things. I don't think it's an evolution of one thing. I think that misery, which by the way, we must remind people is not a documentary. (laughs) Misery is. It's a Stephen King movie. Yeah. But it's about a stalker you know it's about somebody it's, who he's who, a fan yes who, yeah. who has a parasocial relationship with somebody and thinks they know them and you know and those kind of people do exist like there are celebrities oh, that are horribly uh, uh Peretti. haunted Peretti. by yeah 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 they're haunted by stalkers and and people that won't leave them alone and these are people that are severely damaged and think that they know the person and they they fabricate um a whole life that they have with them um, didn't you meet somebody who like had a picture of some model in his hat or something? Yeah. Like met, was that an audition? No. Oh no. It was at a medical situation. Oh, okay. I, um, I met Naomi Campbell's stalker. Right. Was it Naomi Campbell? I think it was Naomi Campbell. Yeah. And, um, I met him and I actually found who he was online, you know, so guys, so this is fun. I've had a history of gastrointestinal <laughs> afflictions. And when I was uh the my sickest in 2013, um I was getting like a really full workup by this GI doctor, my GI doctor who I love. Like he's <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> okay. And um so one of the diagnostic tests and I had you have when you have GI like it is such a mysterious thing because your GI is is only second in mystery to the brain like you know do you know why I think it's so weird because it's all twisted up down there (laughs) just it's just like just dropped in there (laughs) it's like such a what a mess it's just in there I mean and there's like a lot of connections to other things like your brain so like also like like your brain like produces serotonin that's like a depressive thing and but the lining of your gut is fucking full of serotonin so you tell me that's not connected and so anyway 
So anyway, I'm no doctor. Um, but I do know that I had to get all, so many diagnostic tests. And one of the diagnostic tests at the time, which was the gold standard for this particular diagnosis I have, which I don't even think they do this test as much anymore because if they think you have it, they just give you the medicine. But like... Uh, they need to measure if you're growing too much bacteria and so they make you drink the sugar and sit in a and sit in a waiting room for 2 hours and every 15 minutes they have you breathe into a plastic bag and if you're producing too much sugar then they know that you've got an overgrowth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like a two and a half hour test. Wow. And so there's like eight people, they do it in like a group. So like mm-hmm. if you're like the 10 a.m. group or the, you know, 2 p.m. group or whatever. So you go and you drink the sugar and then you just fucking sit there and then every 15 minutes some somebody comes and then you breathe into a balloon and then they test what you're producing, what your gut's producing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was just in this waiting room for two and a half hours with like eight people. It was like I was on a jury or something. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you know, like we were all like just like a group of just random diverse strangers with all kinds of gastrointestinal issues. Mm -hmm. And this guy who kind of looks like he kind of looks like the actor Fisher Stevens, but it wasn't him. And he was like wearing this like fedora and like, you know, so we're all just like chatting and chatting, small talky. And then he started saying how he was like Naomi Campbell's, like their clothes. And he had a picture of her in the rim inside of his hat and he pulled off his hat and like showed everyone. And, you know, at that point you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, cause like. You could kind of tell from the way he was presenting it that it wasn't, it felt fantastical. Right, 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 right. Not that she couldn't be with whoever she wants to be, but... We're not trying to limit Naomi Campbell. Exactly. But my point was is that he <laughs> he was not connected to Naomi yeah. Campbell. Like and he, you could tell. He was fixated on it. Yeah. He had a fixation on Naomi Campbell. Yeah. And... I didn't know how to relate in that situation. Mm. Um, yeah. But the one thing I learned in one of my, my retail jobs was that because I worked in a mall where I was like in Hollywood where there's like a lot of, you know, stuff going on. And uh, one of the security <laughs> like seminars that we had to work there was basically like the way the media portrays stalking is um, like it's celebrity fixated, but that's not the reality. The reality is that any, anybody, anybody like it, like your cousin, your neighbor, your friend, your whoever, whoever you run into at the DMV, anybody can have a stalker. Like Mm -hmm. that is basically a certain type of crime that happens because of, I think like a obsession, like an obsessive situation. It's not about people only think it's celebrities because that's the only time it gets reported. Yeah. 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 And so 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if anyone ever, I, I, this is, should be a recommendation, I guess, but I'm just mentioning it now. But like, I love the Gavin DeBecker book, The Gift of Fear, for a lot of reasons because, um, it talks about like, I like to apply it to social media, but I'm not, I'm really the worst person to do that. But basically to engage is to enrage. And like yeah. your friend who is calling him back yeah. is basically, that is not like if Gavin DeBecker were handling that situation, his whole thing would be dis. But again, but again, it's not, I don't think that's a stalker situation. It's not a stalker situation, but yeah. you just never f- fucking know. I that's mean, also true. That's also true. You know, it's like best people not to could take go chances. like, yeah, yeah. but I don't know. Like, I, I think the gift of fear is a great thing to read also because I like to apply it for certain toxic personalities in my life mm-hmm. that I've had over the years, even though that's not what the book really focuses on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you guys remember Gavin DeBecker? He was like on Oprah. I remember. Like, remember, like, never be, like, never allow yourself to be taken to, a, to the second location right. and all that stuff. And, I don't know. Whatever. You guys know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> Get those keys in between your fingers. You know what to do. You know what to do. Build a panic reason, room in your house. The only reason you answered the phone is because the guy called twice in a row and you yeah. thought it could have been business related because it was not a covered number. Exactly. Yeah. There, it, it, was was a, a it was a local area number. Code that was local enough. Yes. And I, so I, I saw it. I was like, I send it. I send everything to voicemail. Unless it's of somebody course. I know. Of course, darling. Don't we I all? I send simply everything to voicemail. Like, my tolerance for talking on the phone is vanished. It's really I, weird. I used to love talking on the phone. Oh, my God. I love I, I loved it. I talk on the phone. You know, like, John Hodgman likes to call me. Just to, He likes to talk on the phone. He calls me all the time. Yeah. Like, I, like, if I like one of his tweets, my phone rings. <laughs> And then I had to be like, hang on, let me get my earbuds, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> he loves the fucking, but you know why? He drives a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to talk on the phone more because I used to drive a lot, and because the pandemic happened, I don't drive that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I used to talk to John when I was in the car, that we would have conversations we were both yeah. in the car. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would call my mom if I'm in traffic. Like, I'm coming home from Santa Monica from a fucking Friday afternoon audition, which is literally the worst and I'd kill for again because <laughs> we've been deprived of it. If I were in the traffic for, like, 90 minutes, which is normal. Yep. That's when I call my mom and I just be like, hey, you got to talk to me because I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> So you have to talk to me while I'm driving. You have a nice relationship with your mom, and it makes me very happy. Oh, thank. Oh, you know what? It's Mother's Day. Oh shit, Mother's Day is coming on up. Sunday. Thank you for saying that because I am close with my mom, and mm. that is like something that I learned as I've gotten older. That is not the case for a lot of absolutely people. And, absolutely, and I don't. You know, I don't like to yeah. flaunt that. Like, I don't not, like to... Yeah, absolutely. People you know, have varying relationships with their parents. Because I want to be sensitive to people who've had difficult of course. parents yeah. and stuff. But that was never... Even though I've had... I will say I've... I have been... I've had... I had a difficult childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't have difficult parents. Right. So what is funny, That's about all you can ask for. You think? 
Yeah. Because my childhood was fraught with a lot of um, uncertainty and chaos and change and like... Neglect is not the right word, but we were expect very expected to be. We were latchkey kids, and yeah. you know, broken home. Blah 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 blah. Boo hoo! I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's why I don't talk about this. I don't particularly like to talk about it because right. it sounds very. Um, what do you, what would you call that? Like privileged or something no what do you mean well i have problems talking about my childhood adversity my my childhood adversity because it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel it doesn't feel on paper um uh i wouldn't be on oprah for this you know what i'm saying like oprah would not ask me to sit on her chair in in her chair because of the particular yeah. complexities of my family life yes. and 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 upbringing. Yeah. Um, however, for me personally, and I do a lot of work on it internally and don't share it. But maybe people like this. I don't know. Well, it's what do you want to talk about? I think it's relatable. <laughs> I want to talk about how we have to take a break because <laughs> we do, and we'll be right back. Oh, we have some good sponsors. This episode. We are so excited to be sponsored by the most wonderful, exquisite, small business, Rare Tea Cellars. That's C-E-L-L-A-R-S, like underground cellars. It's half of the most beautiful (laughs) phrase in the English language, cellar door. (laughs) Cellar door. Is that true? You never heard that? No. We we don't have time. Okay. Here's what's so exciting about rare tea sellers that are based in Chicago, but it is a worldwide business because of their online store at rareteasellers.com. They are fans of the show. Mm-hmm. You may have also heard them advertised on our friend's podcast, Ask Rana and Brian. They're fans of Rana and Brian. They have an exquisite store for gift giving and the foodie in you. They provide gourmet tea and ingredients like truffles, caviar, fresh produce, specialty rare items. And they've been written up in Forbes. They've been written up in the Wall Street Journal. They supply a lot of very famous um, restaurants like around the world. Um, They... Uh, basically have gone all around the world. Um, Rod, who's the owner, and he's a master tea blender. He finds these amazing teas, teas, and they have um, quality organic and sustainably harvested teas and ingredients. They find the rarest things, and they figure out how to stock them in Chicago, and they will ship them to you. Here's what happens. This guy... Ron? Rod. 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 Kim. He's married to Kim. Kevin, David, Jared, Tim. Rod, This Kim, group of people. Kevin, Brian. David, Jared, Tim. They go all around the world like a bunch of Lisa Stans. <laughs> they go around. They get all the tea and then they bring it back and then they send it to you. And and, and you don't want to spill this tea. You want to drink. Tea? Oh, 
This tea is not to be spilled. You don't want to spill it. You want to drink it. They have some of their most popular teas. Crema, Earl Grey, Litchi Noir, Italian Green Almondine, Forbidden Forest Lapsang Souchong, Gingerbread Dream Rubios, <laughs> Georgia Peach Rubios, Lemonberry Meritage, 2012 Vintage Hot Chocolate Pu'er, Sencha, Freak of Nature Oolong. This is just a sampling of these teas. It's the tip of the tea berg. <laughs> They have a great house teapot with a built-in strainer. It's short and stout. They also <laughs> carry a line of Italian honeys called Mielithun. They move the beehives around to pollinate different flowers at different times of the year to give the honey unique, natural, and authentic flavors. This is what I'm talking about. This is an artisanal group of entrepreneurs who have put together these exquisite things that you can consume. They're perfect for Mother's Day coming up, and they're perfect for graduations, um, business, corporate gifts. Father's Day. You've got Father's Day in June. You've got... Graduations. Bir- you know, you know, it's like lots of people who have birthdays and, and all... Birthdays, anniversaries. And also treat yourselves. And for you, please, we just want you to like yourself. We're so excited because we're actually getting... Some, uh, a box sent to us right now. Man, every, I cannot I'm not wait. a huge tea drinker. Every no, once I love in a while, tea. Janie loves I love coffee. Tea. I love tea. Every once in a while, when I do have a cup of tea, it's nice. It's I so like lovely. Yeah. So we're very excited. Yeah, and we're so excited that they are have hopped on board this day of Homekins train. So go to rareteasellers.com. And here's the exciting part. If you use the code Homekins... You will get twenty percent off any items in the store. Bam! It's a one-time use, and it's case sensitive, so it's capital H, lowercase Omkins. Oh, I didn't so know that. That's home, cute. Homekins, capital H, lowercase Omkins. As if you were writing us a formal letter. Yes. So please, please support small businesses, guys. Please. We're all in this together. Okay. Hot. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Public Goods. The one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Like me. So basically, we have tried some Public Goods, and it was very exciting to receive some of the products because Mm -hmm. they come in sort of like this... Very um, simplified packaging. Yeah, I like the packaging. Looks like like kind of cool and insanely like old school generic. Like old school generic, but yeah. with like a really cool font. I can I want to put the hand soap in the guest room because I think it would look really cool and like like we Yeah, yeah. their faces in it. So rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, public goods members can buy all their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. Okay? They search the globe. To, everyone's searching the globe except for us. We got to search that globe. To find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative prod- products. They ethically source and obsessively, I think obsessive in a good way. It's not a Gavin DeBecker thing. Could develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives. Still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They're committed to make the products healthy safe for humans. They want they they want you to know where their products come from and small changes in the way we shop can make a big impact on personal health and the world at large, okay? So, you can also make your first purchase purchase with no obligation and this is the sweet part. I can't wait. They plant one tree for every order placed oh, and incorporate sustainability into every part of the company, okay? 
So for our listeners, you can get $15 off your first public good or goods order with no minimum purchase. Um, so go to publicgoods.com slash homekins uh, and use or just use code homekins at checkout. So that's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash homekins for $15 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Magic. They make cereal. Magic Spoon makes cereal. If you eat the cereal, will you be burned at the stake? No. Those days are over. Now we love magic. Magic and science, the two best friends. They give us things. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. God, the other part? School. <laughs> but look, I don't do either of those things anymore. School, Cereal or school. But then, you know what? Magic Spoon came along and made a cereal that is not full of garbage. We're all trying to eat better. Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring, and Magic Spoon knows this. They have amazing flavors that we love, but without all the bad stuff. We're talking zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, GMO-free, and low-carb. And Magic Spoon has given us some exciting news. Thank you, Magic Spoon! They've released a super delicious new flavor, birthday cake. Birthday cake magic spoon. Are you kidding me? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear cereal. Happy birthday to you. Magic spoon. Birthday cake magic spoon will be available in a special five pack for a limited time only. So get it while you can. Or build your own box. Ooh, that's a martini being shaken in the background. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are Coke. Hmm? Make a cereal martini. I was just getting to the the custom bundle, honey. Garnish a martini with a magic spoon. That's not. There's no law against it. Here's how you. Here's the stuff you can use to make your own custom bundle. Okay, cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, my personal fave, and cinnamon. Take the cinnamon challenge. Enjoy this cereal. If you're listening from Canada, first of all, I love you. Secondly, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. Here is your call to action. Here's what I want you all to do. Go to magicspoon.com slash homekins to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try out today. And be sure to use our promo code homekins at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or for my friends up in Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. Only then! And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. That's a big turn on. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. They don't care why you don't like it. They they know that you've made a mistake and that you have to live with that. Magic Spoon, I'm just kidding around. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash homekins and use the code homekins to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, Thank you, Magic for sponsoring Spoon. this episode. Thank you, Magic Spoon. I'm, Welcome I, back. I don't know about I don't know about this episode. It doesn't have a cohesion. That doesn't have. There's no cohesion. I mean, have you listened to the show? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm it just so, goes where it goes, baby. That's what it is. It's meandering. It's stream of consciousness. Yeah. It's absurdist. Yeah. It's 
whatever. It's, it's a slice what, of life. It's a fucking slice of life. It's background noise. You're doing your dishes. <laughs> it's like people are talking in the next room and you're eavesdropping. It's great. So Paul and I did a thing last night. Paul's looking at me like, we did something last night? I honestly don't remember. Well, oh wait, a friend wait. of ours had us on her oh, yeah. talk show. And we wanted to share our episode, um, which is free. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys know uh, there's this website called YouTube? Have you heard of that one? (laughs) What? What is it? It's like a thing. Yeah. So that's a video. That's a A video portal. It's like a video portal. If you have a video of a a little British child biting a finger, Mm. then you send it there. Is that correct? Charlie bit my finger. Is that good? Wait till you see what Charlie looks like now. <laughs> YouTube, y'all. Go to Studio C ampersand C. Studio C is in cat. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know there's more. Studio C is in cat and C is in cat. Like the CNC Music Factory, but studio instead. Studio C and C, but yeah. ampersand. For that ampersand is key. Okay, so basically, this is their channel. Please subscribe. They interviewed us for an hour last night. We totally forgot that Paul and I were an episode of Bajillion Dollar Properties together because they were like, we sent us like oh, a yeah. video. So, a little background. This is our, our, our old friend Chrissy Guerrero and her partner Claudia Dolph. They host the show together. And so they usually do a live variety show, but since the mm. pandemic, they've been doing an online show where they have conversations with people. Yeah. And so they asked us to be on it. We and, zoomed with it. Yeah. And they asked, you know, do you have a, um, uh, any any footage of you guys together? Yeah. You know, and I was like, I don't think we We do. did not. We were like, we could maybe make a, some would, birthday videos we've made honestly, for people. Like I was like, Paul, we're gonna have to make a video to <laughs> like a, a fake shoot, like a selfie or so, like like hi, I'm Janie, I'm Paul, we have a podcast. Do, 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 do. But then I don't do, know do, what do. what made me remember, but we were on bajillion dollar we properties were on bajillion together on that episode together. Yeah. I got to do a little guest slot yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. and I I I had totally spaced on that as well. Yeah. And uh, and then you pulled it up and like they show it on the show and mm-hmm. we talk about it and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Anyway, it's like an hour long show and it's really fun and Chrissy's awesome. She's an amazing singer and performer. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. We if you like this if you like this show then you will like that show. Right, because it's very it's wholesome. It's like it's yeah. it's not. We're just chatting and talking about this, that, and the other thing. And yeah, you know, they do a great job keeping the conversation going. And yeah, it was fun. It was nice. It was great to see Chrissy again. I hadn't seen her in such a long time. Yeah. So we just also wanted we wanted to share that with the listeners uh, so that you could uh, go to YouTube and find it. Yes. Also, you can. We our faces are on there. And in case you don't know what we look like. <laughs> That's a good point. Do you remember that guy at, in Charleston when I was doing the sh- I was doing a show at Theater 99 in Charleston. Shout out Theater 99. We love y'all. Love Theater 99. Charleston, South Carolina. My old friend Greg Tavares went to University of South Carolina together. He mm-hmm. started the theater. Got to support those guys. Yeah. They've been... They're, they're still improv there. theater and they're going okay. Yeah, they're they hanging are. in. They were doing they were doing remote shows during the pandemic and I or think you could rent out their theater for... Uh, Little groups during the uh, to watch shows. 
like to do events and stuff like that, like oh, in your okay. pod, right? You know how they oh, like, like, yeah. like you could do like a, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think they're back. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think they're back. Yeah, I think, I think they're I, back. Like, according to Instagram. And I yes. was very happy to see that. I'm on and, his mailing list. So. You know, a lot of places didn't make it out, and I'm glad that they did. And Me too, because yeah. they because Greg has been dedicated to live theater ever since college. Like, yeah. I've been so impressed with him opening that space in Charleston and mm-hmm. bringing comedy to that s- small city. And yeah. Anyway. And so it's wait, a great we, space. we were there in Charleston, and you were... So I so was, got I got there before the doors opened. Okay. You know, I wanted to get there early and, um, you know, just kind of hang back and acclimate myself to the space and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it might've been the first time I was there okay. and I was standing at the door. It was locked and then I, I was waiting to be let in and then a line started forming behind me uh-huh. and the first two people behind me. Or asking like, oh, is it locked? They didn't know the, they haven't opened the doors yet. And I said, no. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, uh, thank you for coming to the show. Uh huh. And the guy said, <laughs> the guy said, oh, do you work here? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm I'm doing the show. Uh huh. And he said, oh, well, I. <laughs> He said, I've only ever, this is my wife. We're both, both big fans. I've never, I have no idea what you look like. <laughs> and she has face blindness. <laughs> face blindness is a real thing. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like I have little momentary face blindnesses. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that? Do you know who I had it with for the longest time? Okay. Was Robin Wright. I could not. That? Robin Wright, the actress. What? I could not recognize see, I her. I would see her in something. I have it with an actress. Every time I'd be like, who is this? I have it with a blonde actress. Also. Okay, who is it? Sienna Miller. Sure. For some reason, I have totally. I'm now picturing Naomi face. Watts. I can't picture anything except her character in that Roger Ailes thing. And she was all done up like Roger Ailes' wife. Did y'all watch she that? Roger, Roger Ailes' wife in that thing? Oh, yeah. And by the way, she was doing like a Minnesota accent and it was pretty fucking good. Mm. Like, I think Sienna Miller might be a really good actress who is overlooked because everyone has face blindness on her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I've only maybe seen her in that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I watched this Roger Ailes thing, y'all. It was on Showtime. Don't this is hate. one with Russell Crowe, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll watch just about any old trash on TV. <laughs> Number one, it was a Tom, Tom Thomas McCarthy, who I think is a terrific writer, and I respect his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was sort of behind it. Number two, um, I love a good... It's not a thing anymore, because TV movies from our childhood where they'll be like, oh, it's the real story of this or the real story of yeah. that. They're now limited series. Like that yeah. is like a thing now. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just like, so there was this limited series on Showtime that was like about Roger Ailes, who I knew nothing about because I don't watch Fox News. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, I'll watch this thing. And I had no opinion of Russell Crowe. Clearly mm-hmm. he's a huge movie star. Like, 
Clearly. Like we can't pretend that he's not. Like he he's like major. And like, but I just never had any I don't know. Like I just never thought about him. Like the kinds of movies he's in is not are not even like movies I like necessarily. You didn't think he was great in Lee Miss? I like I'm mostly re- was he in <laughs> Was he in um was he in um L.A. Confidential? Yes, he was. He was great in that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that movie I liked. I thought yeah. L.A. Confidential was really good. Mm-hmm. That might be a watch-along. Maybe, although well, it's kind of grim. We just it? put out a watch-along, y'all. Malice. Oh, Malice, yeah. All of our watch-along fans already know that, though. They're already <laughs> on top of that shit. Anyway, so, so basically... I just want to welcome everyone <laughs> to the podcast that was here for the watch-alongs, and they didn't know we did a podcast as well. <laughs> So anyway, he does this Roger Ailes thing where they like totally pat him up and put jowls on him or whatever. And I was so fucking impressed mm-hmm. with his performance. Now, keep in mind I don't know who I don't know who Roger Ailes is. Well, you kind of know. But I don't know if he nailed it. Does that make sense? Oh, oh, you mean like is this a great Roger Ailes impression? <laughs> My my feeling was it didn't almost didn't matter because no it's not at all he like he he put in like so much of this like creepy heaviness in yeah. in his performance that I got what they were trying to convey which mm-hmm. was that this guy was a real weirdo and <laughs> he totally was though he was a monstrous creep he also was like groping on the ladies and. He was like, oh, you know what was kind of the grossest thing about that I appreciated about the the story, the Showtime limited series about, it's called The Loudest Voice in the Room is mm. the name of it, was I guess like Roger Ailes, according to this limited series, I don't know how true or not. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't mean to be offending anyone who uh, like, like Roger Ailes because I. Honestly, oh, did, I do. Didn't know much about him. <laughs> Is, if you if you liked Roger Ailes, you're probably not a great person. Or like if you're related to him and you can't help it. I, if you're related to him, I bet you know. <laughs> and so my point is this, is that the one detail that really stuck with me and resonated with me is that he was like this theater nerd. Like he started as a theater nerd. He was not like some media mogul. I don't remember that being part of it at and, all. But this is the best part. This is the best part is that they they depicted him, whether true or not, I don't know, as the guy backstage giving you unsolicited back rubs. Okay. <laughs> And so my appreciation <laughs> of them drawing a straight line from being the guy backstage giving actresses unsolicited back rubs to full-on sexual harassment in the workplace worth millions of dollars mm-hmm. of, like, damages. Right. I saw it. I felt it. I appreciated it. And I applaud it. <sighs> Thank you, Tommy McCarthy. Who I met once, who probably won't remember, but I did. Um, I will say, first of all, I I once did a gig, stand-up gig, where I was the, uh, was I the middle act? I think I was the middle act, and the headliner was this, like, terrible hack, and then after after the show was over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was talking to me, like, saying some condescending thing or whatever. 
And then he went into the back into the showroom where all showroom where all the waitresses were like counting out their their tips, tips and stuff. And he walked in the room yelling, "Who wants a back rub?" <laughs> Stop it. Please just say who it was. I I I don't think I can remember his name. Really? I don't think I can remember his name. It was a long time ago. I can see the guy in my mind very clearly. Um and a, a part of me a part of me appreciates It was not somebody famous by the way. This is not No, like, I get it. But a part of me appreciates him coming in and screaming it because you know what you're dealing like you're literally like if the guy comes in cuz having waitress in a comedy club mm-hmm. for many years I've been there done that. Mm-hmm. If the guy comes in and he yells who wants a back rub? You kind of feel like he's totally a harmless dork. And I'm not going to get a back rub from him. Interesting. But if the guy comes in and he silently creeps up behind you and starts rubbing your shoulders yeah. without consent, yeah, 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 then you're kind of like, this guy has maybe some issues. I see what you're saying. I still, I still got the vibe from this guy that he was a harmful dork. Oh, he was a harmful and dork. Not harmless, yeah. Um, like to 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 yell that with such confidence, <laughs> like <laughs> who wants about- This is usually where By I do the, the back rubs. Um, but also the thing about the loudest room that bothered me, mm. and this is this is often happens. Here with, we go. <laughs> this often happens with um, uh, biographies with televised biographies. Yeah. You know, is that you only have the rights to that book. Correct. Right? Yes. And so all it's the other based people... based on that particular book. Yeah. And he's dead. And all the other people that are still alive, they're not giving you any special permissions or they're not giving you any insight or mm, whatever. Interesting. So in order to not get in trouble or, or you know, avoid any legal issues, in this, th- in this movie, in this miniseries, mm-hmm. they make it seem like everything was Roger Ailes' idea and execution... And Wait, all they, along the way, people were saying, Gee, I don't know about that, Roger. Are you sure? Well, and but because that book was basically just about his trajectory, yeah. and so they filled in the blanks around him, right? Yes. Is that what you're saying? But the idea, but the way it plays is he had no enablers. This guy, he had no enablers. This guy somehow was able to make all these people do this thing that they thought was morally wrong. Right. It's like, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's a very uncomfortable watch, by the way. Like, yeah. So when I'm like recommending Russell Crowe's amazing performance, what I'm basically saying is you're going to be watching a very toxic workplace. Watch that, this monstrous pig walking on two legs. Groping young women and like yeah. who, who just have to fucking pay their rent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just like they went to broadcast school and they want to broadcast school. Is that a thing? Like, uh, like a, yeah, broadcast school is a thing. Still? It's not yeah, just absolutely. like journalism major. No, no, no. There's broadcast broadcasting school? school. Yeah, absolutely. What if I decided to go back to school and then go to broadcast? Like, what God would damn. I? Couldn't be me. If you, if I were like, if I were like, you need to go back to school, what would you go, what would you study? I know you like languages. I mean, if you were like, you need, <laughs> <laughs> you just order me back to school? If I were like, okay, it's time. <laughs> You've, You've skated by long enough. If you're going to live under this roof, what is the question? What would I go back for? Yeah. What would you go back for? Maybe a language. 
Yeah, you like languages, and yet yeah. you still haven't had the time to learn a new language. I know, man. Like, that's the thing. How am I going to go back to school? I can't even get excited to do Duolingo. To do like a babble. What is it yeah. called? Babble? There's a bunch of them. I saw Rosetta Stone ad the other day. Made me think, that could be me. That sucks. Because like, you do want to learn. You do want to learn a language. I do. I do. But I mean, do I want it bad enough? I think you do. I think that you just, you know, like, it's it's just a matter of priorities right now. Like, priority-wise... Our lives are very... My priority right now is staying alive. Oh, my God. My priority right now is not going postal. Is that okay to say anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I Sorry. Don't know. Going postal on people online because they are so stupid that I can't... I know. I can't I, deal with it. Because here's the problem. The thing was, like, where we are as a country, like, being so divided... How is not? How is it that we're all not okay? So we're all divided. I get it. We've all been divided. <laughs> I get it. We've all we all have pandemic fatigue. I get it. How do we not all simultaneously have our country is divided fatigue? Because I, I, know, I am I know so exactly what you mean. over it. Yeah, I am so over it. Like to the point where I'm like. I don't have the brain space anymore to like, cause outrage culture is real. I get it. I want to be outraged. <laughs> it's an unsustainable state of being. And it's also a tactical thing to make us weak and tired yeah. and not, you know, whatever. Absolutely. So fine. Yeah. But like in terms of like, okay, there's like the insurrectionists and, and the big lie and blah, 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 and everyone else. Like, how are they just like, okay, fine, it's over. It's over. Biden won. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, do they not experience the fatigue of it? I don't know. That's a good question. And I don't know. And I mean... So much of it, I think, comes from the internet and that we're able to talk to people in a way that we never had before. There's like people that you would never talk to in a million years, you know, that you would, you would, in person, you would never get in this argument with them. You'd realize like, oh, this is not worth it. The one thing, the biggest, my biggest pet peeve on the planet is I'm like, I know you're not blue check anymore, but people know that you're you on Twitter. I renounced my blue check. That's correct. But they know it's you because you have like a million and something. Also, who who, who cares? cares? Who? <laughs> I, I will say this. I'm blue check on Twitter. And the reason I'm saying that is because if I say something harmful, stupid, whatever, mm-hmm. you might not like my jokes. That's a different story. But if I say something kind of... Uh, like I dig in on something, you mm-hmm. know, like whatever. Oh, hey, Kwu Kwu. Kwu Kwu. Hey, Kwu Kwu. What do you think I call Kwu Kwu? Hello, Kwu Kwu. Hi, Kwu Kwu. Hi, Kitty. Kwu. Kitty Kwu. All right. So my point is this, is that I can't, I am presenting myself online as myself. Mm-hmm. That I, that my identity is not hidden. Mm-hmm. And when people come at me or bots or whoever they are or whatever they are come at me under these like anonymous like not and they don't bother to authenticate themselves online Mm -hmm. it's such it's not a fair it's not a fair conversation Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no percentage in it. It's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like now if someone is like, this is who I am, this is my blue check and this blah, blah, blah. And, and then that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Then you're having a conversation with someone who you know who, who they are. Mm-hmm. But when it's just like an anonymous person and I'm being authentically who I am mm-hmm. and they're getting a charge out of knowing that I'm the real person behind the avatar. Mm-hmm. Then what's the point? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why it feels like if like authenticate yourself, like authenticate yourself on Twitter, unless it's like a job thing or cause I one time tweeted, I was like, I wish there was a social media site where everyone revealed who they were. And people mm-hmm. were like, Oh no, you'll get fired. And, and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's probably true. Like if you work in government or something, like you can't be yeah, political. Yeah. Like, per, like I have a friend who works in public radio mm-hmm. and she is, it's a nonprofit and she's not really professionally allowed to express herself right. politically. And that's fine. And, and she says who she is online and everything. She doesn't have a fake. Mm-hmm. She just follows that rule and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and I understand that, but like in terms of like the Twitter conversation, the conversation, like if you're making a tweet and you want to really dig in with someone, mm-hmm. it sucks if you if it's just like I don't. You're probably a AI. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Why did I get on that? Because there was something about like talking. Oh, oh, the divided, the divisiveness. Yeah, the divisiveness is so apparent on these sites mm-hmm. that it is like I don't understand how we haven't come to like. What is it called? Like jumping the shark or whatever? <laughs> with the, with the divisiveness? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, I, I've, what I feel like is something, something has to happen. And it's, I think it's the, the feeling uh, that everyone is experiencing is realizing like, oh, man, this is the status quo it's been this way forever uh-huh. and nothing changes. And so you have a lot of, you have a lot of people, I think on one side that are saying we don't want it to change. And then the other side is people saying, no, it, it needs to change. I understand that human impulse against change. Sure. Absolutely. But I also think that the work is like, Forcing yourself into a flexible space, like Mm -hmm. not forcing, that's not the right word, but like finding a comfortability with flexibility or finding a comfortability with, you know, just adapting. Mm -hmm. But I understand. I mean, like I get when people are like, oh, I don't want it to be different. I want it to go back to a certain thing that that is a very human response. Sure. But I also think progress is so great i mean progress can be great yeah even if it changes your life in a different i mean you don't know the benefits of it until i don't know i i just find it so it's like fucking recycling or anything like that where it's like it becomes second nature you know it's like you you do these things that become second nature and much that in much the way that you know 
people buying bo- water and bottles became second nature. Then it became second nature to not do that as much. You know, like I can't remember the last time I bought a bottle of water, like mm-hmm. to have a, a reusable thing or drink from a fountain or whatever you can do to not do that. You know, um, the, the people are presented with, there's so many like minor things that we could do to make things better. And there's just people that don't like to be told what to do and they don't, they don't see the value in this helps all of us. And but, I don't know what you do but about that. But that's the problem is my personal problem with these people who don't like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. They belong to a group or a political party, I should say, that want to dictate what I do with my body or, or a trans or a trans individual does with their body or, or, and so, so that's the irony of course is like, they're saying no one's going to tell me what to do because they heard somebody else say that. But yet they want to tell you what to do with your body and they, and they want to, and they believe in the death penalty. And so they want it. They want somebody told them to, you know what I mean? It's the people in power that told them, Here's what you believe, and they're like, "Yes, absolutely," because they're because the 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 but it's the, not, yeah. the seduction of it is, hey, these people want you to do something different, and you shouldn't have to do that because this is America, and you're free, and you don't you don't have these people. They're going to tell you to make a sacrifice. You don't make a sacrifice. You know who made a sacrifice? World War II veterans. They made a sacrifice. You know what I mean? It's like all this. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's propaganda. Is it's what propaganda. It is. Yeah, and, and like I. I firmly believe in personal choice. Like, like I get the whole, like, I don't want to take the vaccine or I want to take the vaccine. But if you know the facts, I, I think taking the vaccine, I think it's a better choice to take, like the choice of taking the vaccine is a better choice for the situation that we're in as a, as a world. Yeah. And, and it's proven safe and blah, 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 blah. And so, like, I don't think the personal choice part should be left out of the conversation. I just think that the thrust of the conversation is that there is a gain to making that personal choice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the block is with people who, who are saying, like, uh, don't, I don't, you can't make me what to do. So therefore I'm just not going to do it. And then they don't absorb any information surrounding it or, you know, so, so I'm just like sick of that. I'm just sick of it. I don't know if I I have a feeling other people out there have the same fatigue that I'm expressing right now. It's exhausting because I I feel like we're, we're post that now. Like we're, we're, you know, we we're trying to squash that thing, you know, I know I, 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 yeah. I just don't know how it happens. And, you know, I think it's also a thing of, and this is what is so fatiguing about, this is part of what is so fatiguing about it. Yeah. Is that realizing neither side is going to cave, you know? Mm. I mean. We, the, now we see who we are. Yeah. And we're half this and half that as a country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, there's definitely like, if you, when you, when you get under the microscope, obviously there's many differences even within that. Of course. But on the, on course. the macro, it's like we're half this and we're half that. Technically a little more half one uh, yeah, on the side of pro- it's true. progress. It's just our little rigged system it's, is, exactly. it plays a little mind trick on, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on us. But like, yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the way out of this. Well, obviously, it's our brave Antifa forces uh, <laughs> are going to roll through with their, <laughs> with their shiny black tanks and make everything right. Guys, how much do you give to Antifa a month? <laughs> because... I am so sick of being tithed I by like, Antifa. Like, on the one hand, I love what they do, and <laughs> I love belonging to an organization. I love wearing all black. I love wearing all black. I, I love, love waving it. the official Antifa flag around. But it what, is, is like there a lot an Antifa of money. flag for real? There kind of is. Yeah. I think it'd be funny if you put the Antifa flag in front of our oh, house. God. <laughs> All right, we should wrap it up. I'm sorry this <laughs> this episode was a little not in my top five personally. Maybe I think in it was a good one. Somebody's top five. I think it was a good one. As tired as I was, I think this was a good episode. Sometimes being tired. Know, for, by the way, it's not for us to judge. For sometimes I think being tired is what's relatable. Right, girlfriend. <laughs> Yes. Do you know what's not relatable? It's Girlfriend, Sunday. you are so wrong. Do you remember Marion Williamson? <laughs> by the way, that's what Marianne she was going to say. The prime minister. By the way, Marion Williamson. First of all, I had a friend who she wasn't going to vote for Marion Williamson, but she was like, she liked the persona. Right. Right. Do you right, know right. what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do. And I was like, really? Like I couldn't believe it. I don't know much about Marianne. I know like a lot of times people run for president for attention and it's not really about the greater good. Mm -hmm. And so that is like. Sometimes they get elected. (laughs) Sometimes they get elected. Sometimes that's a flaw in the system. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That should be, they should put that in writing. Like if don't do this for attention. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Like, (laughs) Whatever. Okay, so what are your recommendations now that we're coming to the end? I want to recommend a podcast called, and I don't think I've recommended it on the show before. Really? (laughs) Called I Said No Gifts, which is hosted by... Gifts or gifts? Gifts. Gifts. Yes. Not gifts that some people say gifts. No. And don't keep saying it because it's going to put that in people's minds. (laughs) I said no gifts. I said no gifts. And it's hosted by a very Consonant funny endings. Very funny uh, comedy writer named Bridger Weiniger. And the conceit of the show is he has somebody on the show who brings him a gift even though he told them not to do it. What? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, but how really is he fun. doing it through Zoom? Do they have to mail it or something? People they drop them off at his house. Where does he live in LA? I don't he lives in LA, yeah. He's based in LA. Um, do you know him? I met him. I met him. He was a writer on corporate when I appeared and on corporate. You, were you on the podcast? I have not been on the podcast yet. I, I, I would not mind being a guest. Let's you know, put that if, out there. If you do. But let me, let me, let me say oh, more about the show. I know what the gift is. I already know what the gift is. Uh, okay. Well, we'll talk about it off air. Um, but he is, uh, he is a terrific conversationalist. He's a great host and I love his voice. He uh-huh. is. I don't know if he's even 30 yet, but he sounds like an 85-year-old sweetheart. Come on. He has, a, he has an extremely old-fashioned voice. Okay. And it's lovely to listen to. And he's um, it's just a conversational podcast. He has great guests on. And so I'm going to recommend that. I Said No Gifts, hosted Gifts. by Bridger Weiniger. It's still the same, yes. <laughs> Gifts. Um, speaking of amazing voices, oh, my... Me? Oh, <laughs> You do have an amazing voice. <laughs> My recommendation is on HBO Max. It's a docuseries 
called... Oh, my God, yes. Exterminate All the Brutes. And it is a filmmaker named Rallo Peck, and he he did, like, um, I'm Not Your Negro, mm-hmm. and he's, like, a filmmaker. Yeah. And um, he... So it is this four-part docuseries, essentially kind of explaining genocide and uh like superiority like european superiority and and the i'm not gonna do a good job of this of explaining what it is because it is the biggest story i've ever seen yeah put to film in a way it's fascinating do and his, you, do you his, agree? his, his so voice his, is so like, he narrates it yeah. so and also he weaves parts of his own story yeah. into this documentary docuseries obviously i'm a huge fan of documentaries so like i'm just very out it's a kind of thing i might have to watch more than once because there's so much information and it's told in such a way that it is overwhelming but also mm. i think an awesome piece of art on top of education because mm-hmm. it's a history lesson about humanity. Yeah. And, um, his voice is like fucking, well, how would you like, he has like this deep voice that kind of, you know, like it kind of like when people have that sort of like voice boxy, like, um, kind of simulated sound. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has that? I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know. Sort like he of. he I has mean, like an arresting, he has an arresting There's like his voice, voice is, is, is fairly gravelly, but it is, um, you, ha- you can't help but he listen to him. He has an incredibly somber cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he's telling a very important series story. It's, it's true. His voice is amazing, but it's, it's a terrific series. But well, I like the series in a way because it is an unconventional way of documentary storytelling which <laughs> this was not one of our recommendations, but we had seen a documentary earlier <laughs> in the year that people were talking about called The Social Dilemma yeah. on Netflix. And it had a con- unconventional approach where they had done some... Some skits. Some dramatization. <laughs> and I feel like Raul, if I can call him by his first name, kind of like basically took that convention and then some and was like, this is how you fucking do it. Yeah. Cause like, also I felt like the social dilemma, I didn't agree with some of it. Yeah. It was also, anyway, there was a lot of stuff I already knew. Um, but also do you think social media is addicting or do you think anything is addicting? I think anything can be addicting. Yeah. But I think, yeah, social media is so should you blame it's designed that thing? to be that way. No, you shouldn't should blame, you blame the, the thing. thing. It's not impossible. It's not an addiction like, like fucking opioid- heroin. You know what I well, mean? Well, like opioids are addicting yeah, in exactly. a physical way. You can make yourself not look at your phone. You know what I mean? Can you? Yes. Can I? Yeah. Because I can't. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> I don't like it. I let's I, try. It. Let's try it for a week. Let's try to like set limits on, like hard limits on phone. Okay. Let's see how we do. Also, by the way, there's a new Alex Gibney coming out on HBO as well about the opioid addiction. I think it's called like the world's biggest crime or something mm. like that. I'm a huge Alex Gibney fan. I I love everything he does. Mm-hmm. I I've watched a lot of anything he's he's been a part of. Maybe not everything, 
because it's a lot. <laughs> but a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about like addiction is so mysterious. So anyway, the social dilemma was made some points. Like I agreed with some of it. Yes, but look, that it's time has passed. Now we're exterminate all the brutes. Exterminate all the brutes. Check it out if you have HBO Max, and if you don't, like try to look for it in other platforms and see if you can watch it. I, I, I thought it was good. Maybe people don't like documentary, but that's where yeah. I am. That's it, one of my recommendations. Check it out. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can buy merch at kinshipgoods.com. Um, they're reopened in West Virginia, which state. is great. By the way, we're going to West Virginia in July for my cousin's memorial. And I hope that we get to visit Kinship Goods. In that would be cool. We should stop in. By the way, they were on MSNBC. I retweeted. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, we are at Stay of Homekins on Twitter and Instagram, stayofhomekins at gmail.com if you'd like to write us a letter. I read, we read everything, we by read the way, everything. and I screen cap and send to Paul because <laughs> he doesn't log in. But Sometimes I screen- I'm in the other room. Um, and we'll be back. We really ne- do appreciate it. We really do. And we'll be back next week. And until then, stay, stay safe, safe, stay, stay sane, and, and stay strong. Oh, let's start over. We'll try out different ones until, start, start we, over. until we arrive on one we like. Stay safe, stay sane, and stay strong.